Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Corinza Moose is a speech-language pathologist in the D.C. area who experienced early career burnout. She was tired of the expectation that she should be an expert generalist at her job in early intervention and felt trapped. Now, Corinne is very creative and musically inclined and decided to start teaching children's music classes on the side of her job. Well, several of those parents knew she was a speech-language pathologist and came up to her after class asking to work with her privately. I'll let her tell the full story. But needless to say, this brought up some internal doubts as to whether or not she was capable of being a private practitioner, given her having ADHD and wondering if private practice was something that she could do. Luckily, Corinne found the systems and structure that she needed in order to be successful inside of both the Start and Grow Your Private Practice programs. In this episode, she talks about what it took for her to start her private practice how she started off as a mobile therapist before transitioning to her own clinic space, what types of clients she serves and how she serves them in very creative ways, and what her plans are for the future in terms of helping not only just clients, but clinicians too as she's planning to hire and launch digital products. If you're feeling burned out in your current job and are thinking about private practice, this is an amazing episode for you to listen to. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. Okay, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Hi, my name is Corinne Smith. I am from Baltimore, Maryland, and I am the owner of Crescendo Communication. Corinne, it has been so cool watching you start your practice and grow it. And one of the things that I really appreciate you is that you do things your own way, right? And you are the perfect person to be in private practice who is like creating your own situation for yourself and for your clients. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear how you're doing that. So before we dive into what you're doing now, can you take us back to the beginning of your career 
and like how you kind of got started as a speech pathologist. And then when did you start thinking about private practice? Mm, so many great questions. Well, I got my start. I had a really wonderful grad program. And I also had some pretty wonderful clinical supervisors. One of them happened to be you. So it's been cool to watch your journey along with mine. I did my clinical fellowship in Washington, D.C., uh, working with early intervention. And then when I got my C's, I stayed in early intervention, working for a popular nonprofit, supporting infants and toddlers with developmental differences and diagnoses. I traveled around D.C. I worked in daycares, homes, libraries in our main center. And there was so much richness and variety. And I really do love early intervention. But the longer I did it, the more quickly I realized I had some burnout cycles. I was really hurting, really hurting because there's an expectation for me to be this expert generalist who was excellent at every diagnosis, at every therapy technique, at coaching, at counseling, at admin. And I was falling apart a little bit. I felt like I had lost my identity in the pursuit of being just a speech pathologist, but I felt like Corinne was fading. And so what I realized what was missing was my creativity. I've been a musician and an artist probably since I was three years old. And those have been a huge part of my identity. But when I really dove into my career that I had worked so hard to get to, I'd lost that. And so I started doing music classes on the side of my full-time speech pathology job and very quickly realized that there was a need in the community. People were bringing their kids to music classes. They were seeking enrichment for their children. But a lot of them were nervous to bring their kids if they had differences. They would get emails asking, is it okay if my kid comes, he has ADHD? Or is it okay that my daughter comes, he's getting evaluated for autism? Or even hearing that their kid had been kicked out of music classes before. And I suddenly saw that there is this need to combine music and community and, you know, speech and language science together to support families outside of the clinic, outside of the hospitals, outside of the IEPs and IFSPs just in real life situations like a music class. Well, I love that, right? I, you know, I've always appreciated people who who think differently and who want to do things differently and who can fill gaps, right? Like not every client or, you know, kid or adult is going to, you know, be able to reach their maximum potential in the environments that, you know, we're often dictated to do therapy in, right? And so when you have a clinician who who does think of different ways to do things and who uses, um, you know, music or other modalities to infuse into their therapy sessions, sometimes that's like not welcomed in, you know, traditional spaces. And so I can completely see how you would feel conflicted as someone who has this natural creativity where you weren't able to be creative with your clients in that traditional EI setting, right? So you started your music classes and you started to see this need for, you know, kids of different abilities to be able to participate. So what happened next? What happened next is that the parents in the music classes would quietly come up to me after class and ask, can we work with you? And I was excited and honored by this question, but I didn't think that I could be a private practitioner. I had this story in my head that that is for people who are really well organized. 
people who have all their ducks in a row. And I didn't even know where to get the ducks. You know, like they have them all in a row, but like, where do I find my ducks? And so I said no to a lot of people in the beginning. And then actually what happened is I saw your offering come out, the independent clinician. And it felt like the universe was giving me permission to follow this path because the person running it was someone I knew and trusted. And so you have been a really big part of my journey, um, which is a little bit mushy gushy to say, but, you know, seeing your face on those emails and on this program, it told me like, you're okay, you're safe to do this. Oh, well, thank you, Corinne. That means so much to me. And it's also, it's something I hear a lot, right? Where people are like, feel like, you know, who am I to do this, right? Either I don't have a business background or, you know, I'm not type A or, you know, whatever else. And and you said something important, which that those were stories that you were telling yourself, right? And were probably pretty ingrained in you. But all of a sudden you were having this opportunity in terms of, you know, you were having people asking if you, they could see you. So they wanted you, right? They wanted your services, but you were still kind of telling yourself, I don't know if I can do this, right? But something shifted in you that allowed you, and maybe it was, you know, a sign from the universe saying, you know, my ad or something. <laughs> But also talk about something internal. What shifted where you thought, you know what? I think I can do this. Well, I've always been someone who loves big risks. I'm addicted to change. Uh, some people call that impulsivity. I say that I harness that impulsivity and make you know big, beautiful things out of it. And so what I did was I took that natural drive that I have to like, yeah, I can do this. And I mixed it with this new identity. And so I really enjoy trying on new identities and seeing how they fit and what the effect that they have on my body. And so I really am a big believer in like the language we use has a big impact on the emotions we feel and the motivation and can use language to motivate. And so when I tried on that title and that identity of I'm a private practice owner, I'm a business owner, before I'd even become it, trying on that language gave me the motivation to then take those next steps and learn about it. I didn't wait to become it. I told myself I was it, and then I filled in the gaps. Oh my gosh, yes. And that is such a huge thing, right? That's a big piece because especially as speech pathologists, we have this identity of like, I'm a school SLP or I'm an adult medical SLP, right? And then if you even try to switch from those two settings, people are like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm just a school SLP or whatever, right? But again, that's like an identity, like, and we change identities throughout our lives, right? Like before I became a mom, I didn't have the identity of mother, right? All of a sudden my son was born and then I took on that identity. But we take on and take off identities throughout our entire life. And I love how you said that you put on the identity of business owner before you had a business. And that's what allowed you to essentially become a business owner. Amazing. Listeners, I hope that you made that connection because it's really, really important as you become a private practitioner. You're still an SLP. You're still an OT, right? We're not taking that one off. We're adding on a new identity of business owner. So that's what Corinne did. And that's frankly what you can do too. So now Corinne has her business owner identity and speech pathologist identity. And so how did you start actually like getting into private practice? 
I pulled from the model I was already participating in, you know, this travel, home health, early intervention model. And I said, well, I can keep doing this. I can, I can replicate what I like. I can retire what I don't like about this model. And families really love when you go to their house. They love it. And so I started following the leads that came through these music classes. And before I knew it, word of mouth was wildfire. I was full so fast because when people feel cared for, I'm getting emotional. When people feel truly cared for, they want to tell people. Like I know for me, like I work with a physical therapist and when after that first session, I had never felt so cared for, body, mind, and spirit. And so I told everybody, you have to go check this out. Word of mouth is so powerful. And I think people can feel when you genuinely love your work, you're good at it, and you care about their kid, that permeates every millisecond that you're there. And so I started filling up my caseload, traveling all around, And this was before I had a car. So I was a bike therapist. I was a metro therapist. I was a bus riding therapist. I would do anything to get to your kids and to your family. And that was another fun identity I tried on. Like I was the SLP on a bike, like hustling her way to your house. And from there, I started to explore and learn by trial and error about, you know, my very early systems. And gosh, they were like, janky Jenna they were so janky but I wasn't afraid because I had taken on this identity and I believed it I wasn't afraid to to try things out and make mistakes and I made a lot of mistakes I took on clients that were terrible fits for me and terrible fits for them we were not a good fit for each other and I learned that that's okay that's completely okay it's such a loving thing to do to tell a client you know what I'm not the best fit for you I know who might be what an act of love I made mistakes about scheduling things too close together, not enough time in between, not enough time to reflect and digest about what I had just offered this family. I made mistakes about thinking that I could pursue getting credential for one family in particular, or yeah, sure, I can try and do insurance. And that's just not me. It's not a good fit. And that's okay. I'm still struggling with that one. And then the pandemic happened and everything switched to virtual And suddenly my identity had to shift again considerably. Now I'm a teletherapist. Now I'm a virtual music class teacher. And I burned out so quickly. Um, The pandemic, and I think for a lot of us, a lot of people I think who seek out your programs were like, whoa, this made me realize how much of my life and my time and my energy and my spirit I have dedicated to other people and I've forgotten about me. And so I really got to see my priorities in a new light. And what I realized was that I, I wanted to start somewhere new and make something that was completely mine. So during the pandemic, I moved from D.C. to Baltimore and I started building this really authentic private practice based all around music and art, creativity and at the root of all of it is, is feelings and emotion. I never felt quite right in a field that set aside emotion and feelings for the sake of like research, 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 research. Research is super important, but my clients don't deserve that 17-year research gap. 
when I can offer them something that the other two sides of the EVP triangle know are true. And so I can, I can also offer this integration of, of research and findings and truth from other disciplines. I bring in things that have been learned from music therapy world, bring in things that are from the OT world, the PT world, from art therapy, because they work. And because my clients deserve the holistic view, that whole body root cause therapy that unfortunately I didn't get a lot of training in and wasn't promoted in the settings that I was working in. But that's another reason why private practice works for a lot of people is because you're able to follow not only your interests, but what you know works for the populations that you love to serve, right? Private practice gives you the opportunity to say, hey, what do I know works for the people that I love working with? And even if like we can't do that, you know, in air quotes in, you know, traditional settings, we can do that in my private practice, right? And so how cool for you that you were able to do that, right? So keep telling everyone about, you know, how you, so you moved, you know, to Baltimore and obviously the pandemic. And then how did you start to really kind of grow your practice in this next phase? Yeah. Well, what I really wanted to do and what really kind of set me apart and made me feel unbelievably confident was filling the need in the community here for truly inclusive enrichment spaces. And so, like I mentioned before, a lot of families were nervous to bring their kids to music classes or enrichment classes because they'd had hard experiences. And so I tried that model again here in Baltimore, where one of our catchphrases is all brains welcome. And so creating classes and opportunities, play groups for all types of kids to get together and learn together and explore together, but most importantly, to make messes together. And then what that led to was actually opened up my brick and mortar. I was able to find a perfect space for me that was within my budget, but that had, because we know like space influences, the spaces you're in influence your mood, they influence your ability to learn. And I found a space that was conducive to learning, that inspires people who walk in. You know, every family walks in, they go, whoa, this space is awesome. So I found this space that is going to, and I'm still building and I'm still figuring it out, but it's going to be a multidisciplinary hub for creative kids in Baltimore. You know, we're starting with speech pathology, but I'm in talks with an OT who has very similar values. I'm in talks with a recreation therapist. You know, I want to get teaching artists. I'm ta- I want a muralist. I want collage. Anyone who loves kids and knows how to support them has a place in my clinic, which is called Messy Happy Music Lab. We make messes, we make music, we're joyful, we're free. And then at the end, the last word is lab. Yeah, we're also scientists. We do really good science, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Oh my gosh, that just makes my heart so happy knowing that those kids are going to get services that like no one else is doing that, right? In Baltimore or probably practically anywhere else, right? I'm sure there are people who are listening to this episode who are like, oh my God, I want to do that, right? Or maybe if it's not that exactly, it may be something similar, right? Maybe people want to do like animal assisted therapy, right? Or they want to do, you know, some other kind of holistic, you know, approaches. Like, I think this is so cool and so different and so exciting, not only for for you, obviously, but for the kids and families who are in other therapists who are going to be able to be a part of your big vision. I am so inspired by you and I'm so 
excited and happy that you didn't listen to that those old stories that you were telling yourself and instead took on you know this new identity of business owner but also of like really creative business owner so i'm pumped for what you're doing tell everyone also about you know what are some of the i know you've mentioned music and creativity what are some other like things like gestalt language processing and other things that you're really into oh my gosh well you nailed it right there i am absolutely utterly in love with gestalt processors i for so long in my career i felt like i didn't connect with these very rigid approaches to treatment especially for our autistic pals the rigidity of them i just i mean that's a whole other podcast topic but i feel very uncomfortable with rigid approaches to supporting neurodivergent thinkers there is so much freedom in the natural language acquisition method and there's so much creativity and flow and presence in treating clients who are gestural processors that fits perfectly with music and art the way that gestural processors learn language is so it's melodic it's artistic it's it's beautiful and to see the way that my brain works and in my clients and the way their brain works. You know, I'm not autistic myself. I am pretty significantly neurodivergent in other ways. And to feel that sense of connection, not only with the clients, but then to find this treatment approach that is literally how my brain already works, it really was magic. The fact that I could bring science to these clients that feels like magic, it was a perfect fit. I have seen my clients grow so much more quickly, so much more authentically, and so much more joyfully than when they used to sit at a table and be drilled, I want Apple, I want Cheeto. Communication is about joy and connection. That's what our clients deserve. And so I've I've really niched down towards Gestalt processors, kids with executive dysfunction like myself, and complex communicators. Because there's nothing more beautiful than equipping a child and their family with the ability to access a full range of communication. I really hate the phrase functional language because all language serves a function. You know, it's just as important to be able to say, I love you and I like that and look at me as it is to be able to say, like, give me toy or give me cracker. Well, I think that what you're saying, too, is just, you know, when people are in an optimal environment, themselves, they're able to flourish, right? So to make a connection between, you know, your clients and you, like now your clients are in this optimal environment where they're able to make amazing progress, but also you are in an optimal environment for you where you're able to, you know, provide the therapy and the services that not only help your clients, obviously, but are also very, you know, enriching and fulfilling to you too, right? That's one of the main reasons why SLPs and OTs start private practices is because they're just not feeling fulfilled in their work in traditional settings when other people are telling them like how to how to treat and how many sessions and what you can do and what not to do. When all of a sudden you're able to truly choose your own adventure and create an environment that works for you, like Corinne, like that's what you've done. And I think that you, you know, should really give yourself lots of pats on the back. Because you've truly created something that works for you 
as, you know, as a neurodivergent thinker, as someone who loves, you know, different types of creativity, like how cool that you've been able to do this, not just for your clients, but for you too. And Jenna, I think it's like even more than just fulfillment, it's regulation. I was so dysregulated in the more traditional models that I couldn't show up fully for my clients. And they can, I say that, like our kids can smell that a mile away. My therapeutic presence was garbage because I was so burnt out and dysregulated. My regulation now is profound. We get to co-regulate for the whole session because I'm not worried about what's happening before or after. I am fully present with my clients. I'm fully present with myself because of this world and this practice I've cultivated for myself. Yeah. And that is a beautiful thing. So listeners, like this is, you know, made possible by Corinne because she took on the business identity, decided she wasn't going to listen to previous stories and decided to do this for herself and for the clients that she cares about. But you can do this too, right? You can do this for yourself, for the kids that you love, the adults that you love, your own family who maybe needs more of your attention and presence. And so I think that everything about this is fantastic. What are some other either projects or other cool things that you are working on? Oh, man, I'm always working on a bunch of projects. I love a good project. Right now, I am putting together uh, my flagship course. It is, I haven't come up with a snappy name yet, but basically it's about the intersection of music theory and gestalt processing. There are some incredible techniques that I've discovered over the years and also pulled from other practitioners and researchers. There's so much evidence about the musicality of neurodivergent brains, especially gestalt processors. And when we intentionally infuse our sessions with real music theory elements, oh my gosh, the most amazing things happen. So I'm compiling videos, audio recordings, breaking them down through a music theory lens and making it like making it rigorous and like high level findings for, you know, our science minded community, but also bite sized enough that anyone can take one or two things from the course and implement it right away. Making it, you don't have to be a musician to use music theory to help your clients. And so putting together a course, it's also going to be a coaching program because I've seen how much that has benefited me when I am in a community and learning together. There's so much more motivation there. So that's coming out. I'm also putting out a bunch of podcasts and courses with continuing education companies to get the word out about how music can really help our clients learn. And that's what I'm focusing on right now because it puts a really big smile on my face and people want more of it because there just isn't enough information out there. And there's also not enough information that, you know, one of the reasons why people join programs and coaching and everything else is to get the information really curated and, you know, bite size and like, you know, do this, do that, you know, so that people don't have to sift through everything, right? People say, okay, you're the one who's done this. I want to learn from you, right? And so I know that there is a big interest in, you know, the areas that we've been talking about. And so having someone like you really lay out for people, hey, like here's the best way to do this, you know, for optimal results for your clients, right? That's what I do with my programs too, right? It's like, okay, you know, starting a private practice, you know, no one learns anything about that in grad school. And so, you know, could you search for like years online to try to piece together stuff? You could. And a lot of people try that approach. But those people don't have practices yet, right? It is much easier to be like, okay, let me just follow step by step and do just what Jenna says and either start my practice or grow it. 
And one of the things we talked about before we started recording was systems, right? And how in both my START program and the GROW program, we literally give our students like the systems to get stuff done. And so you had mentioned how that helped you as someone who thinks differently. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. I so appreciated the way that you not only provided these systems, but explained them and empowered me to use them. My brain, the way it works, like I'm, you know, I'm a smart cookie. I have great ideas, but I have no clue where to start or all of the steps. And then I get frozen because I have this great idea. I know it's going to help people. I'm super passionate. But where do I start? Am I missing anything? And it's not going to be perfect. And getting over initiation momentum is so hard for me. And so then I freeze and I put, you know, I tuck it away with a million other ideas. And then it becomes a cycle. But when there's a template or there's a system or there is a strategy that I can then place my idea and my passion into, there's no stopping me. And you guys, you've provided that. Your programs, you're always adjusting. You're making things better. It's not... We have the answers. Here you go. It's let's figure this out together and improve as a community. I loved that. Well, thank you. It's something that you know we're really proud of because we also know that therapists are busy, right? Like all people want to do is be out there helping people, right? They don't want to have to be like really thinking about, oh my gosh, how do I get a business license? Or, you know, I want to hire people. What do I do to set up a policies and procedures manual, right? It's like you don't have time or space to kind of think about those things because all you want to do is be helping the clients that you love, right? So if I can do one thing, which is to help like this process be easier for SLPs and OTs so that you guys can focus on your clients, like that's all I want to be able to do. So thank you, Corinne, for being a part of both the Start and Grow programs because it's really great to highlight just, you know, all of the types of clinicians who come through our programs, and some are doing very traditional things, some are doing non-traditional things, but we support everybody who is out there supporting clients. And so thank you for being a part of not only my programs, but like the private practice movement in general. Thank you so much. If there are any listeners who want to you know, follow you or get more information about you and your programs, where can they find you online? Yeah. So if you are local to the area and you want to get involved in Baltimore programming, you can find me at MessyHappyMusicLab.com or MessyHappyMusicLab on Instagram. But my more nationally facing programming around Gestalt processing and music and trainings, that is Crescendo Communication. You can find that at CrescendoCommunication.com or Crescendo.Communication on Instagram. Amazing. Well, Corinne, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for just being an amazing person who's out in the world doing these amazing things for, you know, the kids and the families that you absolutely love. But thank you for finding a way to stay in this profession and to not get burned out because you have so much to offer. And like, what if you would let yourself like get burned out and completely dysregulated, right? By staying in an environment that wasn't supporting you. Like think of the difference of what would have happened if you had stayed in that environment versus, you know, this new environment that you've created for yourself and the clients that you love to serve. So thank you for, you know, reinventing yourself and doing different things. And listeners, I know this is only the beginning for Corinne, right? Maybe we'll do this again in a year or so. And like when you have that real multidisciplinary practice with all of these other creative clinicians 
How cool is that going to be? Well, thank you for being a big part of this journey. You're so welcome. Okay, don't you just love Corinne? I think she's a breath of fresh air. Y'all, we both cried when the episode was over. I just kept thinking, what if those kids and those families weren't able to have access to such amazing and creative services because of Corinne's experience in a traditional setting and how it was burning her out? You have to recognize the signs of burnout and find a way to save yourself so that you can stay in this profession and help the people that you are meant to help. Whether you want to offer non-traditional services like Corinne, or if you still want to offer traditional services, but outside of a traditional setting, private practice may be the solution to help you get what you need. She mentioned this in the episode, but our programs are designed for diverse neurotypes. For example, checklists, systems, and structure are great for more organized people who are naturally drawn to that, but are vital for people who absolutely need that structure in order to make private practice work for them. If you would like to know more about our programs and how we support SLPs and OTs who want our help to start and grow their private practices, just like we've helped Corinne, please visit independentclinician.com. As always, thank you for listening, and please tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Till then. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.